Let's go, baby. Anthony El Jefe recording live and direct from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio. I'm joined by Bob Walker, my bro from Sportsville, and we're doing this. Leaf edition number seven, trade deadline. We go, baby. We go. This team stacked up, fueled up, and is ready for a playoff run. If you don't believe me, check the standings. Here we go. We're doing it for the captain, number 10, Mr. George Armstrong, the chief. Let's go, baby. Leafs, 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 here we go. And always, thank you for listening. Let's go, baby. Here we are. What's up, Donna Nation and lover, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's go, baby. Let's I'm go. joined. I'm joined with Bob Walker, my bro from Leapsville, and we got to get this thing going. I'm Anthony El Jefe. Ba, take him through it. Well, you do the commentary. Oh, what up, everybody? He's just doing a little vape there, a little smoke, and he's doing a shot. Oh, he is. How many this time? One, <sighs> two, <laughs> and another hit. Jesus Christ. And three. <laughs> Don't tell me there's a... <laughs> Swallow the third one. There you go. Oh, man, you fired up. Let's go, baby. Let's go. (laughs) So this is just like uh, turned into Alcoholics Anonymous for you. We're actually not talking Leafs today. We have to have a serious one. I save all my drinks for this podcast. I know. Every Leaf game I, (laughs) I watch, I save the drinks for that. There is so much to talk about. Damn. We've been waiting. So much. We've good, been thing waiting. We, good thing we be, we're doing it this way. Two Leaf editions a month because I know you know, they know, we need to do this. Yeah, especially with the trade deadline, hence the theme of this episode. <sighs> totally. Just Leafland going absolute bonkers. We got to get into it, buddy. Yeah, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Bob, we got lots, lots to talk about. Quickly, let's go over the record. The Leafs currently sit at 28, uh, 12, and five i think it's 11 and four 11 and four well they tied they, they lost in overtime last night to the flames oh true i saw yeah. that on the score update right before but one of us at least 28 wins that's what we know at least 28 wins plus one yeah uh, one, one point um at 50 so like it's a 60 points in the season first place all around how 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 you know it feels so good to say yeah, it's amazing. You know what? These teams, we had that period where we were faltering and they had their chance. But when you take a swipe at the king, you better knock him off the throne, baby, because we're still in first. Ah, let's, that, oh, yes, let's that's go. right. Kings of the North, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's get right into the big names. I mean, uh, second gen Maple Leaf, um, all around nice guy, Italian. And I, I mean, unfortunately, born in Buffalo. That's one knock against him. Uh, where's number 71, which if you don't know is my number, I wear it because I was born on July 1st, seventh month, first day. I don't know why Nick Felino wears it, but I'm happy he does. The brand new Charlie Police, Nick Felino. Uh, amazing number. I've worn it a couple times just because it's reverse Wendell Clark, which I think is why David Clarkson wore it. Hilarious. That's exactly, yeah. Tells yeah. you all you need to know. But uh, yeah, Nick Felino, absolute stud. I'm so pumped to get this guy. There was like... Uh, huge debates going on in my family, like text and chat when we're talking about, you know, half the family, let's get Taylor Hall, let's get Taylor Hall. No, we don't need another speedy guy. I wanted Nick Felino, and Dubas actually went out and got him. I'm so fired up. I'm pumped. I, I mean, I got to agree with you 100%. I didn't think we were going to get him, to be honest. I thought it would be one of those wishful thinking. And I mean, this is kind of like a parallel. Dave Clarkson, when it was a free agency that summer, 
he was a big name and the least landed him and I was shocked. I'm even more shocked we got a stud like Nick Felino. Granted, like 30, what, 32-year-old Nick Felino, I don't care. He's still going to be able to get that job done. And you think this guy doesn't want to make his father proud, who, you know, wore the blue and white on two different occasions. So, Yeah, uh, two things. First, at the start of the season, when everybody knew we need to get tougher, uh, or at the end of the last season, we had Wayne Simmons, Nick Felino, Joe Thornton, these guys for the playoffs. Like, come on, it, unreal. Yeah. I'm so fired up about Nick Felino. Just and for, I, I don't, for what yeah, it's worth, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say for what it's worth. Just to add to your point, like also Scott Saverin, like he he was uh, dropping gloves with Milan Lucic, who no one wants to drop the gloves with anyways. He dropped them with them and did it pretty well. I mean, not great, but he didn't he didn't get crushed. So yeah, Lucic is a fucking specimen. That guy's a mutant. Yeah, so totally. totally. I'm safe behind my laptop to say that yeah i wish our guy absolutely pummeled him but luch each man so at least he took him on you're right that's an absolute bonus um, and that's just more toughness that's all i'm saying oh no 100 percent. i nick felino i can't wait dude i think he's going to be on a line with willie and jt that is a line because yeah people he, he's not going to let people run willie around he's not going to take shit i mean he's not a fighter or anything but he fights and he's tough he sticks up for his teammates yeah. i mean the boys love him wherever he is and, you know, he, he's, he's going to throw the body, which is great. His speed is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Um, but the grit that he's going to add to that line, he kind of gives you what Hyman gives you on the first line. He's kinda, I don't want to say a grinder because he's got hands. So, but, you know, he, he's an, a great all-around player, plus a shutdown guy too. So I can see this guy not only being on that second line, but probably being on a third line too, shutting people down. Um, so anywhere they slot him, I think I'm going to be happy. Yeah, and you know what? To what you said earlier, too, truthfully, I wanted Nick Foligno the whole time, but I was like you. I didn't think we were going to get him. Totally. And, then the, and then that David Savard trade happened. Yep. Our salary was taken on by a third team where you only had to give up a draft pick. Because I thought if we get Foligno, it's got, we're going to send a package away, and we're probably going to lose somebody, which sucks. But after that Savard trade, and you realize that you can bring in this other team, 50% here, 50% there, we're going to give up draft picks. I know we're going to get into it later, but fuck the draft yeah. pick. Like, this is a fire up for Nick Felino. This is great. This is a playoff I, run. I'm so excited for that conversation. Let's, get, let's keep moving, though. Uh, Nick Felino, I think we can both agree. I think everybody across the board can agree. Did they give up too much? Maybe a touch too much, but is it worth it 100%? No. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, are you, do you want this guy on your team or not? Yes, this is a cost. Pay the cost. Be the boss. Let's go, baby. Yeah, because what everybody's upset about is the chance that we lose and it's a really good pick we gave to Columbus, then it's a failure of a season. It doesn't matter. This We have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and this team right now. Do you want to wait another couple of years for a guy who, like Amarov and these other guys are going to be sick, but they're projects at the same time. Like, enough waiting. It's worth it to give up draft. Totally. And let's hold off on that conversation because we're going to have that conversation. (laughs) Moving on. Dave Riddich out of Calgary. Uh, stand-up defenseman played last night. Unfortunately, lost on a sweet move by Johnny Hockey. Um, I, I, my feeling on the whole thing is: is he better than Mike Hutchinson? Yes. Is he better than Jack Campbell? I think so. And and my my thoughts on this. And I know this. We're gonna put this. I, I got them later on uh, to, to talk about Mister Mister Gentleman Jack Campbell. But I think David Riddich is a better goalie than Jack Campbell. Hot okay. take, maybe. Hot take, maybe. Not but. necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, Riddick had that run, what, two years ago? I mean, 
Calgary was almost all in on this guy when big save uh, Dave or whatever. Right. So <clears throat> I think they're the perfect one, a one B it scares me what it says about Freddie. Right. I still think Freddie is our number one if he comes back, but you can't take the crease away from Jack the way he's playing. Like you, you just can't do it. If he's healthy right now, he's the starter. So if Freddie's not good to go, I think Riddick is the perfect guy to bring in for competition. Keep Campbell on his heels, keep Leaf fans and the team confident when Campbell can't go in. I think it's a win-win and we didn't give up anybody and we gave up a second round pick. I think so. I have to double check. Yeah. But yeah. And 2022 yeah. as well. So right. big, big deal. I think it's great. I mean, it's insurance. We, what, what, what else did you want to get? Bernier? Did you want to stay with Hutchinson? I mean, he's a nice guy, but I do not feel confident in the playoffs. What if we got nobody and Campbell went down? Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Then you're stuck with maybe Hutchinson or maybe Wall, like, uh, or um, uh, the guy they picked up from Columbus. Uh, Terra, Terra, yeah. So, uh, okay, so moving <laughs> on. So uh, can we agree that this is a, uh, another great move by, the, by Dubis and the staff at, uh, uh, at MLS? Yeah, okay. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to give them an A for the day. So, yeah, this is a great win. I can't think of too many teams that did better. Yeah, there's like teams like Columbus that got rid of some cap, uh, and and maybe and you know what I I can honestly see Felino going back next season. But to be honest, I would love Nick Felino to stay on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, dude, three, two three year deal. I'm there's, in. There's nothing more I want than him and JT to click, and we all just fall in love with Nick Felino during the playoff run because he's not the biggest point getter, but the guy plays in playoffs. He gets points there. Totally. He can win. I think uh, he has a chance to win us over for sure. I think so too. He plays the right kind of hockey. He's got the legacy behind him. But you know, I, Hyman contract. Yeah, and you're not wrong. And you're not wrong. I mean, we got that. That is a conversation we can have in the off season because you have Hyman, you have um, McDermott, you have Dermot. You got to resign. You, you're going to have Anderson to figure out what, what happens there. There's lots to talk about. Let's keep moving. Um, Bear Banoff, the only roster guy to move, uh, a guy that you had on, on a, from the KHL, may, you know, I think he's going to be successful. I think he has the right things to be successful. I, I don't want to say he was put in, the, in a position to be unsuccessful in Toronto. I think he just didn't have enough of that kind of leeway that you need to kind of get used to the NHL game coming from the K. So roundabout way i think it makes bear banoff happy that he had the he has the opportunity in san jose i think he'll be successful i don't think he's going to be a number one stud but i think he's gonna be a great secondary player uh in san jose second or third line player there i think he'll do well yeah i couldn't agree more we were talking before that somebody like we want nick felino or somebody to come in someone's going to lose their job there's just too many forwards and bear banoff just wasn't good enough because He's too good to be a fourth liner, but he's not good enough to make top six on this Leafs team. So you're absolutely right about going to San Jose. He, he's definitely a perfect third line, sometimes second line, maybe power play too for them. There's not enough scene of him to really make a, but, but he's definitely gonna get more of an opportunity on that team because they are shite. Yeah. And another hot take too. I mean, I'm sorry to say this and, and we're going to talk about it later on as well, but I think Jumbo loses his spot. I think Jumbo loses his spot to Nick Foligno, uh, especially in those big crunch times where you're looking at where you're looking at someone. You need somebody in there to make it work. I think Foligno is going to get that shot way before Jumbo. I hope Jumbo is a professional enough 
and we don't know what we're talking about, that he's okay with playing a smaller role on the fourth line, third line, playing with Spezza, playing with uh, Engvall if he's still on the team. So you're, you haven't won a cup, Joe. I mean, go with it, dude. You're, you're over 40, so it's just not going to work out. You just need to take a smaller role unless I don't know what they promised him. And I mean, he stayed at the trade deadline. He hasn't said any ill will, nothing. He hasn't claimed like clamored for any more time. So yeah. maybe he's okay with it. And I mean, to be honest, at least I've given him a lot already on, I, I mean, I know he took a sweetheart deal to be here. I know that this is a team you grew up watching at the end of the day, you got to produce. And I get it. You, like, listen, I'm 38. I'm only four years younger than Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton looks like he's a hundred years old after playing 20 years in the NHL. I get it. At the end of the day though, we want the cup. He wants a cup. You got to ride the bench. You got to ride the bench. You got to be in the press box. Listen, I, I'm telling you, Joe Thornton, if you're in the press box game seven, it's in the cup finals, at least win the cup. It's going to take you, what, 45 seconds to get your skates on and get down there and raise that gold? We know, okay? Moving on. Uh, Riley Nash. This is something, for me, a little bit left field. I didn't hear his name at all. I understand he's injured. I get all those things. This is a great pickup. This is a great depth pickup. And I think at the end of the day, when you look at it, this guy maybe may play eight games for the Leafs. I can imagine eight games if he's healthy, you know, leading into the playoffs. I think it's going to be a great thing. He's got a ton of experience. I was just going over some of his stats here. Uh, through his time in Carolina and Boston and Columbus, um, the guy's got pretty great plus minus, which is really what you want him for. You want him to be a shutdown guy uh, with a little offensive flair. Uh, Leaf fans remember, you know, he scored against the Leafs in their playoff run. I'm happy with this. This is a great depth move. This guy's probably going to play only like less than 10 games for the Leafs. But in an insurance, just in case someone gets hurt, great slotted. Yeah, I mean, we use this word on our Jays podcast a lot, but he's just a reclamation project. I mean, if he works out, it's a bonus. Those stats you pointed, NHL experience. I mean, yeah, I remember him from the playoff series. How can I forget? So this is great. I mean, we need the depth. This is the time. Like, we have to get past at least one fucking round. We all want more. So, uh, I mean... If the Leafs don't make it to the conference finals, and realistically, if the Leafs don't win the conference finals, I feel like this season's a letdown. I get it, the first round thing and all that stuff. I get that. And trust me, I get reminded every day by the haters. But bottom line is, this team is built to go deep. And if they don't go deep, this I consider this year a failure, even though AM34 is going to be the rocket for sure. That's fine. Those are little wins. We want the big win, baby. And to be honest, I really think they should also get the President's Trophy. Yeah, I I know I said at the very first episode of this season that a success to me is winning one playoff series. But you're right. Truth be told, like this team with the veterans brought in, the toughness, AM is what, five years now? Yeah, it's time to go for the cup. Like These these are the years that Crosby was doing the back-to-back versus Detroit. Like there are a lot of haters, like you said. I see the group chat. Shout out to all the yeah. boys. But yeah, uh, except for fuck, yo, fuck you, Kyle. Fuck you, Neil. Just for the record. <laughs> well, all I'll say is that you're right. Like President's Trophy and beyond. I, I mean, I want this team and kind of expect them, but I'm trying to lower my own expectations to go to the Stanley Cup or fight for it. Like Game Seven, we lose out in the Eastern Conference final. Like first round is not good enough, even though I'll be. I can sleep at night and I won't be pissed off, but I will right. be pissed off. I will be but, pissed off. I mean, to, to be honest, and I hate, I hate champion, champion, championing 
uh, winning a, a comp. Yeah, I, I have a hard time championing the fact that losing the Stanley Cup is anything. It's not. Like, I hate the fact that losing the Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup finals is a thing. Sorry, uh, is, is like, a, you know, something amazing. Getting to the Cup final is, is amazing, but it's nothing to fucking hang your hat on. Winning the Cup is something you fucking hang your hat on. Getting yeah. to the Cup finals, I get it, but it's not enough. It's not silver, enough. Anyways. Silver is for losers, okay? Yeah. Gold and bronze first, are winners. Yeah, gold and bronze are winners. Silver All right, moving on. Yeah. Ben Hutton, they picked up an experienced D guy. This I is like a sweet little one. move. Yeah. And you know what? We, we got Dermot and Bogosian done this year. And is it Riley who's done this year or is he done next year? I think next Contract year. Was. Okay. Yeah. So you do have some flexibility that if you want to resign this guy, it's there. Dermot, I mean, we're going to talk about him, but Dermot is is been lost this season, and we talked about it enough times. This guy might be a good slot in, and I'm kind of excited that he's going to be on this contender after being on the fucking Ducks. The Ducks are so bad. They're so bad, like Snoop's not even going to any of those games. And, you know, like, I, I, I just feel like he might end up – he might be one of these re-signings out of nowhere, and I'm, <laughs> I'm on board for it. Yeah, uh, first off, Dermot has actually played kind of okay the last few games. He seemed to have found a rhythm. So we've been busting him all season, so I will say that he's played better. But I really like this Ben Hutton signing. Um, Played Anaheim, played meaningful games in the past. He's a character guy. You see all these videos behind the scenes stuff. Teams love him. Um, Oh, my God. Did you see? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Did I send that to you? Did you see that? No, I saw that. Okay. I was dying. For those who don't know, he sang Barbie Girl at like the Vancouver Canucks talent show or something like that. Or something. Oh, dude, dying. Go find it. I saw it on the gram. Check it out. It's fucking hilarious. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, what, yeah. is there anything else you want to touch up on, on Hutton before we move on? I think it's great. I think, again, another thumbs up. And I'm going to ask you if we're moving on to pronounce the name of the next guy in the Bear Banoff trade. Uh, yeah, I'll say about Hutton is that if Dermot's not playing up to par, then he's great to be replaced. And I think him and Bogosian could be a great pairing on that back. Uh, so let's move on. Yeah. So moving on, Bear Benoff gets traded to San Jose for, can you pronounce his last name? Because I can't. I don't even have the name in front of me. Sumo Molella. Molella? Oh, boy. No, I'm not even going to try that. Yeah, anyways, the bottom line is. Sumo Mella. Sumo, sumo Mela. Sumo Mela. Sumo Mela. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anti, anti Sumo Mela. There we go. Yeah. Uh, that's a drink you're playing in the after 30 drinking game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on. I mean, again, depth. It gives Bear Benoff a chance to play. I think that's what the brass could do. I mean, to do him right, I think that's a good call. So I'm happy about the move that he can actually play. And this guy's probably going to sit in the AHL for a little while. The Marlies are going to need a little bit of help. They're all fucked up right now. So um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it, you see that. Yeah, that? I think we're going to get to that too. That's in, that's in, uh, it's in our show notes. And for the record, people, uh, Bob and I almost rarely share our buds and duds, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But I got a text from Bob saying like, dude, I'm fucking on par for your duds. So that will go, that'll fly by. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think, um, the other moves in the north, I really didn't see anything that really stuck out. That really, really said, like, like did Winnipeg? Did Winnipeg do anything? Jordy Ben. Did, yeah. Okay. So they pick up Ben, who don't get me wrong, good pickup. But is it like is it going to be enough? I get. I guess he's a somewhat mobile defenseman. 
But at the end of the day, they need a defenseman that can move. All the defensemen are like seven feet tall and can't move. They're like a fucking plane against a Christmas tree. <laughs> well, it seems like the the North Division is just they're okay with how it's playing out. Like everybody has just come to terms with it. Calgary, they didn't really sell off and become full sellers, but they're not buying or, or trying to get that fourth spot. It seems like everybody. I mean, they, they did move Sam Bennett, which was a big move, I think, for them. Although, although he's kind of a flop in a way. Like, I mean, I know. Hopefully, maybe he plays out better. And I think it was Florida he got traded to. That's right, but, yeah, Florida. Um. Really, the Leafs are the only team that I think made significant moves for an actual cup run. The rest have just kind of tried to stay in the lead of the North Division. Because what Montreal, the fuck did Montreal do? Well, so Eric Stahl is obviously their biggest pickup. They did Eric Gustafson, and there was one other guy as well they picked up. I can't even think of the name. But yeah, they but didn't didn't they, they dropped Victor Mete, which... In Ottawa, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and Ottawa picked, and I mean Ottawa did some selling too, but wasn't I mean Ottawa like, shit. Wasn't that guy like the chosen guy a couple years ago? Exactly. <laughs> okay, all right. Moving on. And the other thing I want to, the other point I want to bring on up is that the Leafs, other than Bear Benoff, didn't move any roster players, which means one solid thing: management saying, "Boys, let's go." Yep, yeah, that's a fire up. I mean, Dubas even said in his conference he's never seen the team this close. So this is a vote of confidence by management. Okay, you guys are this close. You love each other. You're saying you're going to fight for each other. Prove it. We're going to let you guys stay together. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. All right, so moving on, uh, th- let's just recap some of the month. Leafs still in first place. I mean, it got a little close. Edmonton was kind of creeping in there. Leafs really made made the rest of this month. And I, I, it's just been the last couple of games. I mean, at least scrounged one point where they definitely should have got a point. They definitely should have got the win against Calgary, a depleted team. Um, they had that, that four minute major in the third period. Couldn't make anything work. Power play still looking horrible. I, and I joke, I was in the group chat last night saying the Leafs should just run the regular lines and not put a power play line out. Just run your regular line. It's probably going to work better. That's so fun. I didn't even see you write that. And I was going to make that comment. That's hilarious. It, it's true. Yeah. They're overthinking it, or you know what? There's too many muffin shots, or they got to start playing from behind the net and using speed. Like, start having some oomph. It should just be a couple of passes, shot, just constant firing on yeah. net. With, with the firepower we have, it's a fucking joke what's going on with the power play. Well, the fact of the matter that they have two or three shorthanded goals scored against in the last three games is ridiculous. Their yeah. power play is garbage. Their power kill is only slightly better than that. But we're talking mid to late 20s ranking in the league. Not a good spot to be in if you're the first place team. It doesn't make any sense. Don't take any penalties. Don't give any penalties. Just even strength all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, thankfully our team is so good that I still believe like, yeah, the, the numbers at the end of the year aren't going to be great. But hopefully we can turn it around for playoffs and get some power play goals. But it's just absolutely ridiculous. You're right. Just run the normal five lines. And maybe you can't have Marner and Riley out there together. Just too much passing. Uh, Riley even though he has speed way too slow entering the zone enough of the back passes, get it in. Yeah. Use the behind the net. I mean, come on. It's frustrating. Well, I think you and I must've been listening to overdrive at the same time. Cause Ray Ferraro brought that up. It's like, you know, if the, the biggest point collector in the NHL history, the hundred plus years of the NHL, if Wayne Gretzky had his office behind the net, obviously something worked and Ray Ferraro brought up a great point. The point was, you're going to get crushed. You can't put 185-pound Mitch Marner behind the net because he's going to get crunched. 
So is there, do you put Matthews back there? Do you hope maybe Joe Thornton behind the net? I mean, he's the only guy that makes sense to me. A, he's got the size. B, he's got, he's got the smarts and the history in the NHL that he's, he can make smart moves behind there. But is he going to play there? Because Joe Thornton looks like he's been running scared all the time. Yeah, he just looks like he can't keep up the pace. And, I, and I agree. he used to be one of the world's best passers. I mean, that was Joe's thing. I mean, that's why he went in the first overall. So that's not clicking, too. I don't know. All right, moving on. Austin Matthews lighting it up. AM34, baby. A ton of goals. 30, what, 31 goals now? Yeah. Uh, just lighting the league. The front runner, I think seven or eight goals ahead of the, his closest competition. He's probably going to win the goal scorer of the year, uh, which for me makes me so happy that a guy wearing the blue and white getting that, that accolade it's a big deal for me. I'm happy, but at the end of the day, I need a cup. Yeah, you know what? The, it's the jokes are are fair because you know what? We have such a long history. We have few personal accolades. I mean, yeah, say what you want about the Stanley Cup, but we do not have a lot of trophy winners in the past. I mean, we've had some Lady Bangs, whatever. So Austin Matthews has the potential to be the best Leaf player of all time, or at least of the last few generations. And I just love watching this guy. He's so big. Like, and he's tough too. You, do you see that he's starting to get an edge about him? Like where he's just totally. like, hey, fuck off. Like he's, stop riding. He's the whole not time. afraid to throw a check. Oh, I love it, dude. The, the, he's so good. And I mean, his shot, unreal. Oh Gosh. my God. Uh, okay. Moving on. Cause we got a lot to cover still. And we're looking like 25 minutes already. Um, Galchenyuk looking really good on the top line. I think they found their fit. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that he worked out. We both were hoping this project will work out. I mean, he's a uh, first round, like top five. I think he went third overall. Like I said, I wanted him on the Leafs. So I'm glad he worked out, man. He Everybody was talking about his lackadaisical, lazy play. When he was off, he was really off. So I'm glad that there's been a little fire lit under him because the one thing about this Leaf team, dude, honestly, this locker room, it seems like they can fire anybody up. Like once you come in, you're just one of the boys and – I think that it just takes a weight off of some of these players who have come from rough areas where before that was the leaf players going out to other teams. I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, you look at uh, the celebration that these guys have when Wayne Simmons scored his first goal as a leaf, you know, Wayne Simmons coming to training camp, lifelong leaf fan, you know, I don't want to say it, but the fact that, that he's black has something to do with it too, because you know, not that it, it hinders him, but you want to see that diversity in the game. And the, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the crown jewel of the NHL. And they should. They should be diverse as well, too. You have Austin Matthews, Mexican descent. That's a big deal. And an American. A, a, a first-generation influence of trading Wayne Gretzky to the, gold, the, golden, um, the Sunshine Belt. I mean, this is a big deal. Now, this goes to something that, that I've had like red flags all about. Toronto Maple Leafs now have eight Americans on their roster, which blows me away because this is like Canada's team and that argument can be made, whatever. But it's crazy. And I talked about this last time we, we met up is I think the American players can deal with, deal with the pressure better than the Canadian players at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I mean, they really don't give a shit about the Toronto media. I know it gets them sometimes, but it can be brutal for the hometown guys. At the same time, I'm glad we have a bunch of guys from here who kind of balance it out. But we do have a lot of Americans. I mean, Austin's going to be scary, Team USA, playing against us. And this new ESPN TV deal, 
I think Austin's going to be one of the faces of the NHL. I mean, he's going to be one of the best American players ever, and he's on a massive team like us. Whether he stays with us or the haters are right, he goes back to Arizona if they're even a team. I think he's going to be front and center for American media for like advertising yeah. for the NHL. I think I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a whole bunch of Toronto Maple Leaf fans across the U.S. because I don't think Austin's going, and the reason why I don't think he's going is what. I that he, that that was a team that he kind of grew up watching, but they're fucking shit. And they may not be in the NHL at the time that that his contract comes up. Why wouldn't you want to see with the juggernaut? You're gonna get paid. You, you're playing on a s- sweet team, and at the end of the day, your numbers are just gonna keep racking, racking, racking. You know, my biggest fear is that Los Angeles becomes a, a major contender and he goes there. That's my big. I think he's gonna go to LA before he goes to Phoenix. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right. Because I don't want to. I don't want to think about it anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know the note is the note says Freddie gone for good. Last game as a Leaf. Is this a real thing, Ba? I mean, I'm kind of disappointed with how quiet they're being. Obviously, we are entitled thinking that we deserve an opinion. But I mean, this they like the fans are important to the game. Like we need to know this guy's our starter goalie. It's a contract year. We are going for the cup. This whole season before he got injured, he was the guy. And now you're like, well, it's just day to day. It's whenever Freddie's feeling it, by the way, we just gave up a second round pick for Calgary's backup guy. Uh, so we now have like five goalies on the roster, plus a couple with the Marlies. No big deal. So yeah. what exactly is going on? Because I, I, as much as we've been kind of shitting on him, I still have like, I want Freddie in the playoffs. Unless Campbell's just uh, healthy and dominate. I agree. And, you know, we haven't touched on it, but Jack Campbell breaking the Toronto Maple Leaf and NHL record for NHL. most wins. Yeah, and it, that's a big deal. At, but also, I mean, it's a little bit of an asterisk because, I mean, we're like the tail end of the season. It, we're talking about a backup here. So I get the fact that his wins definitely count, and I'm happy that a Toronto Maple Leaf, American Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, but I'm happy that Toronto Maple Leaf is, is holding that record. But at the end of the day, it is an asterisk. You know, like Carey Price is... Uh, 10 wins to start the season that that I mean those are consecutive games that he won to start the season we're we're game like we've got like 10 games left in the season and and we're crying in this guy so I mean I, I get it it's a little bit of an asterisk but I deep down is and I hate to say this Jack Campbell for me is not the answer Jack Campbell for me is a band-aid Freddie is the answer Dave Rick is definitely not the answer Michael Hutchinson and I have the conversation, and anybody else that they have in the system isn't the answer. Freddie's the answer. Leafs only advance if Freddie's 100%. And if by chance the Leafs win the cup with gentleman Jack Campbell and Dave, Big Save Dave, then I'll eat my words. But I don't think I'm wrong on this one. No, I think Big Save Dave and uh, Soup Campbell, they can win us yeah. some playoff games, but I think Freddie could win us the cup with this team. That's the difference. I'm so sorry. No, it's Gentleman Jack. Gentleman Jack. So what, Gentleman you're Jack KF Campbell. Soupy? Yeah, for sure. He deserves it. I get a Campbell soup. I get the mix, but he likes soup. You got to give it to him. Dude, Moving Campbell's on. in the league longer. You give the vet the nickname. That's not even up for discussion. I, th- I say you give him the option. Moving on. What the fuck is going on with the power play? We're talking about some of the highest paid players in the league. Not getting the job done, getting paid to do what they got to do. Listen, AM34, he's doing the work. He's got a couple, but John Tavares not getting any power play goals. Nylander, I know that he's on the protocol list, but he's not getting the job done on the power play. Hyman can't dig out a goal. 
Um, Riley can't shoot for shit. He's got more blocked shots than anyone else this season. I mean, what the fuck is going on with the power play? It must be the one thing that's gone into their heads now at this point because it's gone on for so long. So I truly think they're just overthinking it. But yeah, there's time for change up. You said it before just a couple minutes ago. Just run the five line, like just run the normal lines, the 5v5. That's all you need to do. Stop the, I mean, they've really minimized the back passing, but stop that. Riley's not doing a fast enough breakout through the neutral zone. You guys need to get it deep, like change it up. After this long, try anything else than what you're doing. Because not only that, the North teams have kind of figured out that power play because we play these teams so much and we're not changing it up enough. So they know what to do and they're playing their hardest against us because we're the best. I, you know what? You're not wrong. The Never. only flaw, the only flaw I see in this power play, is that teams know that these guys are going to juggle the puck throughout. Ever they're going to cycle everything through, and if you get caught chasing the Leafs, you're going to get the, you, you you're going to get lost. They're going to score a goal. They're going to get one of these beauty back backdoor goals. But teams aren't doing that. Anymore. They're playing a small box in front of the net. Collapse, collapse, collapse. No goals go in. No one, no one. I shouldn't say no one. But they're not chasing the Leafs like they did at the beginning of the season when the, the, it was best, the second best in the league. They're not chasing anymore. What's happening now is they figured it out. So what the Leafs need to do is they need to adjust. And I don't know if it's the old school Babcock, Babcock, Babcock thinking, Jesus Christ, the shots are fucking hitting me. Um, <laughs> where it's like, well, this is what we play now. Got to make it work. I hope what they do is some fine tuning. I hope a guy like uh, Felino can come in and actually, I don't know, crash the fucking net. I don't know, slide into their fucking goalie because the things that that Simmons was doing at the beginning of the year that he found success with after the injury, he's not doing. They're not getting done. The goals aren't going in. That's math. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I really hope Felino comes in and starts doing some of that dirty work as long as the refs don't typically fuck us over like usual. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, this this power play needs to start going, man. I, I hope they start clicking. Um, it seems you're right. The word you use, chase, we need to get them to start chasing us again. And that's why I agree with... You said Ray, and I did hear that, but I was thinking more... Uh, Mike Johnson, I think, was saying it too. Like, using behind the net, I mean... If power plays now in the NHL, there's three or four teams where they have that cannon of a shot to the side, and then everybody else does the same thing. So we just need to use our speed to our advantage. Have Matthews posted there and have a guy like Felino or Hyman and someone like Marner who can move around. You're just getting two guys to chase you, get out of position. Then you're just putting it over and putting it yeah. to them. Like, I mean, change it up. I agree. I agree. Okay, let's, let's move on. Um, one thing that we, we didn't really touch on, but we, we kind of – flirted with was the fact that the Leafs did trade a lot of draft picks um, at this deadline. I think a total of five. Um, moving forward, the Leafs currently have, I think, only three draft picks left for this upcoming season. Who knows what happens in the offseason because there's always those things. Last year, Dubas really worked some magic, getting a first rounder out of Pittsburgh for Casper uh, Capitan. I like the fact that there's a good chance he can do some more at the end of the year. Um, the Leafs last year had 12 picks. You know, there's only seven rounds in the fucking play in the, in the draft, right? So I get that the Leafs had a lot of picks this year. They may not have a ton this year, but the system's pretty stocked as is. And if you have a season where you're only bringing in three draft picks, does that worry you at all, Bob? Or do you think this is okay? I don't give a shit. 
I love, I love draft picks. I love playing NHL, be a GM, and just building my, just all of my draft picks that I can get. But you know what? Tough cookies. Honestly, Leaf fans, how many besides Marner, Matthews, these like Ed Riley, these top five picks? How many top generation? Yeah. How many of our first round picks, like Freddie Gauthier and stuff, lately have have worked out? Are you willing where, to? Where think, where is Freddie Gauthier? Where is he? Yeah, exactly, man. And I like the goat. It's cool, but it doesn't work out. Why do you want to keep waiting? And you know what? Everybody, people I know, were so pissed off we had to give up our first round because Patty Marlowe. Oh, Dubas is terrible. He doesn't know what he's doing. Then he got it back, like you said, with Pittsburgh, and all is good again. And you know what? Our guy, Amarov, or whatever his name is, he is going to be good. I think he's coming to the NHL or at least to the Marlies next year, which is awesome. But enough's enough. Like, we're going for the cup. We got Simmons, Nick Foligno, Joe Thornton, Zach Bogosian. I mean, those are big name veterans who were used to be at the top of the game. They're now on this team because they took league minimum to win the cup, to win the cup. That's what it is. Amen. Don't Let's forget go. Jason Spezza too. Yeah. Of Let's course go, baby. You're, you're not wrong. Goat of all time, Jason Spezza. And, and I'm, I'm going to add this into it too. Draft picks are magic beans. And you know what? I'm going to paraphrase. Steve Dangle said the best. Draft picks don't mean shit until they do something. Look at Gil Tenyak. Before he landed in a Trail Maple Leafs uniform, he was a bust. Yeah. Now he's on a team that he's, he's figured out, he's decoded, he's making plays, he's playing on the top line of the top team. So all I'm saying is magic beans for now, yeah, you don't have picks. You don't have chances to get generational talents. But let me break something to you. The, the last year's number one first overall, Lafayette, What's he doing right now? Third line and fucking a sinking ship. So don't give me a shit that the draft picks are worth anything. Maybe next year have a better year, but we're talking about right now, baby. Yeah, and there are great players that have been drafted. Think about uh, Dolan in Buffalo. I mean, Hughes in New Jersey. Like All these guys, they haven't worked out yet, and they still will because they're going to be sick players. But would any of them make the Leafs right now um, a Stanley Cup contender more so than what we have. I mean, you got to just go for the shot with these veterans. You got to trade for these guys. I mean, Nick Felino is the right call for this team. I think he's actually going to work out because he's a character guy, but that's the type of guy you bring in for an actual playoff run. You're not wrong. Um, I do, I do want to throw something in. This isn't in our show notes, but I want to talk about Nick Robertson. How do you feel? He's only played two games. He's now in the, the COVID protocol. Oh. Um, so to be honest, uh, give me your opinion because I want to jump in because I got a hot take on him. Well, I hope everything's okay with the whole COVID situation and he's playing again because he just came back first from injury. Of, first and but, foremost, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but um, you know what, man? There's not a lot really to go on. He looked good in a small sample, but there's been a ton of rookies who have come in and shown small sample sizes and it never pans out. I believe, I think it's great to have these young and inex- inexperienced rookies on teams like this to play sometimes to get into the lineup, to build that experience if they're going to be a part of the future. So I enjoy Nick Robertson up and I hope he does well. He's a small guy. I'm trying to think where he fits in because I don't know. I don't want him playing fourth line minutes because I don't see him being that type of guy. I think he's better than that. Hot take for me. He's not ready. The dude is tiny, five, eight, five, nine, maybe tiny. It hurts me to see this guy play. Because, you know, I think of a guy like Pierre Engvall, who don't get me wrong, I'm going to shit on him hard <laughs> later. But, but right now, Pierre Engvall is 6'5", 
215 or 220 pounds. I can't remember exactly Dude, he what plays it is. like the fucking goat. Who cares about his size? Like this guy, my dad just constantly is defending Angle. I know we're gonna get into it later, but this he we're plays gonna like get into goat. it. What size? But what I'm saying is Nick Robertson is too small right now. Now, 19 years old, just turned 19. I get it. He's still got a couple years to develop, but it's not like he's going to spring up four or five inches. He's not. So he's going to be a small guy for a long time. I don't know if he's fast enough for his size. I think he needs to be faster for his size so he doesn't get fucking wallpapered. And that's my biggest fear is that he gets crushed and a guy with a lot of potential doesn't, ha- doesn't pan out. I think if he does one solid year, AHL, get the grind in, see what it's all about, and he's still productive, then I'm in. But my sample size of Nick Robertson, no, not happening. And I know that he, I know that he trained all offseason to make this team, and he did make the team, got hurt early. I get it. But right now, you're, seeing, you're starting to see playoff hockey in the North. I mean, I'm sure in all divisions. But in the North, you're starting to see that playoff hockey. Every game, there's 10, 15 games left. Every game's going to feel like a playoff game. You're going to see some fucking grind going on. I don't know if this guy can keep up. I'm worried about Nick Robinson. I hope for the best, though. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I like him. And I, in general, like I said, I like having these young guys around sometimes to get experience. But that's not necessarily a hot take to me, dude. I completely agree that he needs another year with the Marlies, and he is a small guy. I've never been huge on small guys, I, but it's a new NHL. You put him with someone who can kind of defend him, give him a little bit of courage, and he might be able to go on a run. But I would not be opposed to him playing in the Marlies right now. With the depth we have, the guys we brought in, there's no need. You're right. All right, moving on. Talking about the COVID already. Um, COVID crisis. Now, you saw it destroy Buffalo and their confidence. Um, Vancouver destroyed Vancouver. Also, uh, Montreal was in on that as well, too. Uh, I think St. Louis, too, was affected by it. There's been about five teams that have been really strong. New Jersey, I think, was one of them as well. That really got strapped by the COVID this year. It's starting to linger around the Toronto Maple Leafs. It breaks my heart. Austin Matthews had in the offseason. Fuck you, Steve Simmons pointed it out. Um, or broke the news, I should say. Does this team have to worry? You have Nylander in the, in the protocol. You have Nick Robinson, who just joined it. He's destroyed the Marlies. Marlies are probably going to miss five or six games out of it. Where do you see this kind of lining up? Are, is there there's reason to be worried for you, Ba? Because for me... I'm worried because this team, we are on the brink of the playoffs. If this team goes down, and then you're seeing the backlash in Vancouver, players are coming out. Miller just came out and said he doesn't feel safe, that the NHL isn't protecting their players. He's not wrong. So we're going to go into the playoffs with our best team in decades with this COVID shit lingering around us. If I'm Dubis, nobody's fucking leaving the hotel. You go to the hotel, you don't leave your fucking room till the game starts. Yeah, uh, speaking about Miller, nobody, no athlete winning says that in any sport about playing for COVID. This is why you don't leave it up to the players because they want to play. Yeah, he says that because Vancouver fucking sucks. He probably wants to go home because who'd want to fucking play for them? Moving on, yeah, COVID's a little worrisome. I mean, it's a huge game changer. Why not? But I think you're right. I mean, Dubas and Shani, I think these guys are like, listen, boys. No cutting corners. We are going everything full tilt, COVID checks, all the protocols. I think the boys are dialed in and want to win. Um, Yeah, I mean, eventually it was probably going to come to us. I think it's been okay relatively, and I hope it doesn't get worse. So I don't know, man. It's just such a – 
bullshit in like the way that you just can't control such a big event. Like you just can't yeah. do anything about it, man. It's like you said, we just got to hope. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, moving on. Uh, I had this last note in our general topics. The problem with depth is depth. And here's what, what I mean by that. Is there enough time for Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, now Nick Foligno, Joe Thorne, Jason Spezza, go, you know, the list, go, uh, Hyman. Like, you, you, there's a lot going on right now, not to mention. You know, oh, the other thing I wanted to, to actually mention is the Riley Nash signing is kind of just, um, who's that dude, Travis, um, who do we have that, we tra- that got picked off for waivers? Boyd, Travis Boyd. Thank you, thank you, Travis Boyd. It's kind of just a one for one on that guy because it's kind of like the same player. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is depth isn't an issue until it is an issue. And this is what I, I think in, in this condensed season, you're going to deal with guys who, I mean, you just saw Jason Spezza, who's been playing really well, more or less 95% of the season. You just saw him got healthy scratch or bench just, uh, yesterday to make room for these other guys who are more or less cold at the NHL level. My biggest fear is that a major injury happens to one of our stud guys, and one guy gets slotted in, and he's cold. Do you agree the biggest issue with depth is depth? Not when we're winning and in first place like this. Because everybody is geared towards a single point, a single focus. Like there is unison. This team is bonding. Like I think everybody's dialed in. I mean, there's enough vets and enough superstars for everybody to be like, nope, this is the way it is. And if you happen to make those four lines and there's a lot of competition now, then great. If you make the fourth line Maple Leafs in the playoffs when you have a cup chance and you get to play nine minutes, you take those nine fucking minutes. I would take everything. And the Black Aces, those guys you hear on spit and everything, they're going to work their ass off. They're going to be in the press box ready to go. So I think it's a whole new mentality. I get what you're saying about being cold, but man, if I was an NHLer, even if I hadn't played for a bit or have been unhappy, if my agent's like, oh, by the way, you're going right now to the Maple Leafs, get ready. I'd be like, let's go. Like, let's go right now. I'm, yeah. So I'm fired up. So, so you know, depth, Nick, depth winning, great. Yeah. Depth losing, though, is a scary thing. Nick Felino said that, you know, he said to the guys on Overdrive, hey, I'm going to be in quarantine for the next seven days. He's going to lose his legs. And I think this is what happened with Simmons, too, after the injury. It's going to take Nick Felino some time to get his legs. Okay. Well, dude, you don't have a bunch of time. You have a finite amount of time. Get a fucking bike in your hotel room and let's go because. Those legs need to be ready, and I'm worried that what you saw a guy like Simmons hasn't really had his touch since he got back from his injury. Is Felino going to be this issue? Is Hutton going to be this issue? I mean, Riddick was in the north already, so he's fine. Um, so I worry about these guys coming in, if they're going to have their legs. Not to mention Nylander and Robertson, both in protocol right now. Are their legs going to be there? Is Nylander going to go ice cold? Does Steve Simmons need to write another fucking bullshit article about him? What's going to happen? Who knows? Well, the only name there that I could possibly be worried about is Willie maybe going cold because that guy's been cold in the past. So I don't even want to think about that right now. I just want him back in the lineup playing with JT. But I think Felino will give him a boost. For Felino, no, I don't think so. I think it's the perfect time. Yeah, he's going to lose a little bit of legs. That's what he meant. But they went into the playoffs last year. He's played a full season. So you know what? Lee fans, be prepared. He might score in his first game, and we're going to be fired up. And he might not play well for the next four. All right. Felino will be ready for the playoffs. I mean, 
He was playing hard. He is a captain leadership guy. So he was still playing to win in Columbus. Like they were still fighting all the torts bullshit going on. Felino was still trying to win. Now that mentality is geared up to two. He doesn't have his family. So he knows that there's like a reason he's doing this, a sacrifice to win the ultimate prize. I think he's going to be good to go, baby. All right. Let's finish strong. Let's go buds and duds. Let's figure it out. Where do you want to start? Do you want to be your, you want to start with butt number one? Okay, sure, sure. Hit so, me. um, <laughs> I know your top bud, you always take him. I want him next time. All right. So my top bud right now is magic. Mitch, Mitch Marner, Ooh. possibly one of the best playmakers of the last few decades on the leaves. I mean, this guy, now he's starting to shoot. I know he's a smaller guy, but he's got that attitude, that swagger about him. I mean, the flow is working for him. He's been on point, and I mean, there's a there's a reason that Matthews is getting so many points. Matthews is the best player on the team, I think that. But Marner is a huge reason. And anytime our power play does click in the past, it was a lot of the time it was because of him. All right, I love it. Uh, obviously, I'm taking the top goal scorer on the Leafs, top goal scorer in the league, AM34. My All man, I am still calling it 50 and 50. Let's go. <laughs> I love it, dude. You're getting <laughs> That's so all. many That's more people winning over being like, oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm you know so- what? Listen, yeah. he needs one game against the Senators to fucking light up four or five goals. Let's go. All right. Yeah. Hit me with number two. Okay. Zach Hyman. Yes. Hyman. Who I still think is priority one contract wise in the offseason. Yes. This guy does all the little things well. I mean, we talk about him every episode. I'll, I'll stroke him off. I don't fucking care. The guy's a children's Let's book author. He does it all. I mean, he's the guy that every team wants. Every coach would love to have that guy in their arsenal, and there's a reason. I mean, he's just, he's just a workhorse. I love Hyman. Every time he's on the ice, there's a sense of confidence. Yeah, I have to agree. I can't. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more with you. The fact is this guy comes to play every night, no nights off. At the end of the day, he, he wants a goal. And, you know, like he's like the, the joke last year was he's got like eight of his goals were empty net goals. There's still goals. There's still goals. And I'm going to give this guy all the respect he needs, all the respect he deserves. This guy not hosting the, hoisting the cup in the blue and white would be devastating. But Zach Hyman, bud number two, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and also, how, sorry, just before he's in, how yeah. many how many empty nets do you see missed every game that turns to icing? So who gives a shit about the empty net goal thing? Okay. Like totally. Come on. All right. So, uh, my bud number two, even though I kind of sat on his face a little bit earlier, gentleman, Jack Campbell. I mean, listen, anytime a Trump police can fucking get an NHL record. I'm a fan of Austin. Matthews got a whole bunch already. He might have another one this year. I am a fan. Um, He's won me over. The fact that this team, this team is willing to, uh, I'm gonna say borderline kill for him. He's an uh, he's an unbelievable team player, and I love that. Gentleman Jack Campbell, but number two for El Jefe. Yeah, I, I loved your entire list, man. Pretty much our buds and duds were almost similar, and I just changed up our budge because there's so many guys playing well. Jack, what can you say? Like even to all the haters, and I know you're not a hater, but you were saying before that maybe he's not the guy he's winning he's 11 and one so there's not much really you can say at this point i mean oh when it comes to at least winning i don't mind being wrong as long as we're winning 
Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. It, that's the whole point of this episode is as long as you're winning, everything's golden. So the boys love him. His story's amazing. So how can you not root for the guy? And the fact that he's wearing a blue and white, I mean, the haters can chirp it all they want, but when he was tearing up in that interview about being a leaf, come on. Come I know. On. That's it. Yeah. Number hot. three. Give me number three. I'm going to give him a shout out. He's been our best defenseman, TJ Brody, right now. Okay. And he was on a dud list before, I believe, but uh, just great all around. I mean, those diving plays when there's a two on one and it seems to hit his stick and he's saving goals. He does all the little things. Every time he's on the ice, he's doing something well. And when he, he's also quiet, which I love in a defenseman when he's not making mistakes. And if the team's always in the other offense zone and you don't really see him doing anything wrong, he's kind of quiet, passing around, like it's golden sometimes. And Riley has not been on point lately. So Brody, amazing carrying that defensive line. I agree. And you know what? Riley almost made my list for duds. Yeah, me too, but I don't want to hate on him. You know, to be honest, I don't know where I stand with Riley. Okay, First of all, you're 100% correct with Brody. And he's had a great month. And I, I called him a dud last month because I felt like some of his play was a little off. The guy has come back strong, and I'm happy. I'm happy that this guy's on the team because this guy is exactly what his team needs. Riley, I feel like he's half a step behind, and he's got like 58 block shots in the last week of games. That is an embarrassment. Embarrassment for an offensive defenseman. But he is not my bud. My number three bud is your captain of the Toronto Maple, the first place Toronto Maple Leafs, JT. Oh my goodness. JT is heating up, and I love it. He had that sexy backhander to tie the game in Montreal. I'm a fan. JT is warming up, and he's warming up the perfect time. Because if this guy can get five goals in the next week and a half of, of games, I think we're in a really sweet spot. We have basically one month from this, this recording to the end of the season. If he, I can see five to seven goals under JT's name, at least ten assists under his name. I think JT is hitting his sweet spot at the perfect time. He's heating up, baby. Let's go. Oh, man, I could not agree more with this pick. He was my bud last episode, and I think the episode before that, because of that exact reason. I said, have faith in JT. He warms up at the perfect time. He's playoff ready. He's geared. He's wearing that C, and that's what he's doing. I mean, he's on all cylinders. Yeah, he's not the fastest guy, but how many guys dangle in such a close proximity to two other guys. It's unreal. You know, in front of the net, he, especially the last, uh, that goal that he got in Montreal, the game tying goal to a piece, that sweet backhander. I mean, I never watched Ron mm-hmm. Ellis play, but he was my dad's favorite player growing up. Oh, and, yeah. and yeah, and all the talk about like, even like, I think I was listening to the radio and I, I got to admit, listening to the TV broadcast compared to the radio broadcast, Joe Bowen, is like such a fucking gem. I know. I get it. He's a homer. He's a fucking gem. Oh, and don't the get way me that he, started. Oh, okay. I love Bowen. I love Joe him. Bowen. The, his call was so great. I, I just, you know, it got me in all in all the right spots. JTO, bud number three. Let's go, baby. Who you does that? So you said it. I, I'm just gonna pretty much just take on your list. It's gonna be okay. A short so. One. Easy. I'll, I'll have one added at the end, a fourth with an asterisk. Honorable mention. Yeah. So I'll do the first one. And All right. Said it before, and that's Pierre Engvall. Yeah. Okay. Freddie Goat 2.0. Nice. Yeah, this guy is fast. 
Yeah, he strides like a giraffe on the ice, but he's not producing. So he's not hitting. I mean, yeah, he's huge, but doing what? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not. He looks semi invisible. He plays like he's five eight. The fact that he's six five, he should be playing basketball. And and you never see him put the body on. You never even see him get in the way. He almost he gets out of the way for other players on the other team. I agree. Dud number one. I think he does some things really nicely. I think he does. I think overall he's going to lose his spot because I don't think he's doing what he needs to do to be the impact player he needs to be. No, and I don't want him to like just because he's tall. Don't expect him to fight or be super tough, but. When you're putting the puck into their zone and the guy's pitching you against the boards, get by him at 6-5. Get by yeah. him and get that puck deep. Like That's what I, I want from you. Hit the net hard. Or push your forearm in the guy's face because it's oh. right there anyways. That's all yeah. I want, man. Sometimes I'm okay with if, if it doesn't blow the game for us, but taking a penalty by kind of giving a lesson to the other team, be like, dude, enough of this shit. You're not pushing us around. Fuck off. Totally. Moving on. Doug number two. Give it Jumbo. to me. Jumbo, I, I, I've actually called him Dumbo Jumbo because I just feel like, unfortunately, Joe Thornton is not like I don't see anything where he looks good. I see him give the puck away a bunch of times. I see him almost give the puck away like he's nervous to have the puck. And you should never say that about a guy who has, you know, the, the lineage that he has, the resume that he has. I shouldn't be saying that, but the guy just doesn't look confident in what he does. And his passes look like shit. His skating looks like shit. I haven't seen him throw a body check in, a, in like, I don't know, at least a month. It breaks my heart because I was so excited for him, and he looked good at the beginning of the season. He looks like shit. He looks like shit. Yeah, he's uh, he's losing his spot quick unless commitments were made to him, but he's looking like an old man, which is sad to say for a guy in his 40s. I mean, not necessarily an old guy. Right, But you said it there, man. The biggest disappointment for me, Jumbo, yeah, dude, he's supposed to be a great passer, but you knew that was going to go downhill. I was hoping he'd get a couple of points. But, dude, every time we played against him, he was a piece of shit. I mean, Kadri ripped this guy's beard off of his face that game because he pissed us off so much. He would face wash you. When the ref's not looking, he would trip you with his stick. He would say something to you that would just get under your skin. He's not doing that right now. I'm not expecting a 42-year-old guy to drop the mitts, man. I, I really am not. But he's got to have that edge that made him killer Jumbo Joe. And he doesn't have that right now. So as bad as it is to say, you don't just get a spot because you're owed a Stanley Cup because it's time. Okay, Ray Bork went on to an amazing Colorado team and was a great addition. You don't just get the cup. And you can get it as a black ace then if it's, that's all that matters to you. Step aside. Right. Okay, moving on, and to end, end kind of the dud list, um, not, not a player, but a line of players, the fucking power play. And you know what? I know fucking Kyle's listening to this, and Kyle's laughing in his head because he loves to see the least fail. But this power play with I – I can't remember what the number was, but the 50, let's just say $50 million that's on the power play, you're telling me you can't fucking score three goals in the last 27 attempts? It's crazy. It blows me away. It bothers me so much. I almost lose sleep over it. If I wasn't so fucking tired at the end of the day, I would definitely lose sleep about it. Why can't this fucking power play click? Yeah, it's the regular season, so I'm not losing it quite yet, but it's completely unacceptable, okay? 
penalties are so massive and game changers in the playoffs that you need to capitalize them every single time. So this power play needs to start going. And I had full faith in Manny Malhotra and I still do because the last few years, for some reason, this power play has turned to shit, but they need to get going again, figure it out. Like we said before, I completely agree with you being the dud because it's the biggest hindrance to this team right now. And every time you're on the ice practicing, they better be practicing power play. Like, I don't want them to overthink it, but at this time, it's like, here's an offensive play. Just use that, guys. Here's a crazy idea. Put someone in the fucking front of the net, and if the guy's getting kicked and punched and whatever, put him in the fucking front of the net, and then shoot. Yeah. Let's see how that works. Because I, I get it. You know, we, we already mentioned it. You know, you have the one guy. You have, you have the other team lined up across the blue line, four guys across the blue line, and you're hoping that one guy with the puck – doesn't get poked and you don't have a, a four on one the other way. You know, it's like, it's so bothersome. I get it. Dumping it in doesn't always work either, but you got to fucking figure this out, guys. You got to fucking figure it out. You got to have a month to figure this out or shoot it at them, dude. I don't give a fuck, man. If they're going to lay in front of it, clap as hard as you can aim for them because one guy is going to get hit in the knee and not be able to get up. And you're going to have a bit of space to get around. Like totally just start clapping them. Yeah. Bah, it's crazy. I can't believe we're wrapping this up. We went a mi- uh, one hour hard. I probably rambled for like 45 seconds on the intro, but we went an hour hard, barely took a breath. I hope this has been as insightful, if you're listening to this, as it has been spewing it out. Because I'm ready, baby. This team is ready. They did the right things. We ready. Let's go. Time to hoist. <laughs> Yeah, let's go, baby. I almost thought I lost you technology there, and I was going to fucking snap because this episode's (laughs) great. But yeah, it's been an absolute blast. I was looking at the time. We were just cruising by. We've been waiting all week to do this episode because there's only so much to say to each other in text. Totally. You're not wrong. Let's go, baby. Ba, take us home. Yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Check out our Jay's podcast that just came out. It's a blast. We're going to be doing another episode of that soon. You're going to get another Leafs podcast in two weeks. We're going to have even more to talk about getting ready for the playoffs. I'm already fired up for that episode, dude. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. 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 50 and 50. Oh, we're doing it. I love it. All right. For the Not After 30 podcast, for Leafs edition, Ball Walker, I'm Anthony Happy. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Go, Leafs, go. Fuck me, right?